ladies, welcome back to Celebrate You. This is Moni Millares, and this week I have an amazing woman as a guest in the show. She has a very lovely energy, smile, vibe, and tons to contribute to you, me, and everyone in the world, and the, all the women, kind of like professional women community. Uh, so today we have Tina Bakehouse. She is the founder and chief communicator of Tina B LLC, a storytelling and public speaking company. Hello, Tina, and welcome. Hello, Moni. It's so great to see you and be with you today. Thank, thank you so much. The honor is mine, and I get a feeling this will be a proper treat. <laughs> It is. It's going to be a treat on this fine Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I have like this habit of starting the podcast with a very simple question, which is, what are you celebrating today? And I love this question. I, I do a gratitude journal every day. And today what I am celebrating is new. Meeting you, getting to meet you along with, I have three other people that I'm getting to connect with today that are new and newness to me really energizes me because I feel like what I crave here on a farm in Southwest Iowa more than ever before is connection and being able to connect with people, not only in Southwest Iowa, but also nationally, but in our case, internationally is a beautiful thing. And that's the beauty of technology. So I'm celebrating the fact that there's newness today, new introductions, new connections, but also the power of technology to allow it to happen. Oh, I love it. Beautiful. Because it kind of like sinks in a little bit with what I'm celebrating. Like today and this week, I've been speaking with different women very interesting women, all of them. But at the same time, I am expanding. It feels like expansion. That's what I'm celebrating. Not only newness, but expansion. And what's the right word? It's kind of, I'm being more daring or bold and like even think, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm learning so much from everyone. It's like, It's expansion. It feels like expansion. Yes, and being open to it, right? I feel there's a shift in the universe, this new energy of, of taking that step into, okay, foreign territory, so to speak. So yes. let's try this. Let's do this. Let's, let's go for it. It's that foundation of yes and with improvisation. It's like have the attitude of yes and then do something with it and be in the moment. Exactly. That's what it feels like lately. Instead yes. of going like in my head. Now it's more of a, okay, expansion. I'll trust my heart and my gut and my everything. And I'll just say yes. Well, and it's, it's like this thing. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, for me, I can totally align with what you're saying because I started out, you know, months ago in this headspace of, you know, hoping things would work out. And that to me is leaving wiggle room of, well, it may or may not. And then it goes into belief of, okay, I have a stronger trust, but now I'm in that phase of knowing. And at the core, I know that even with uncertainty, I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'm doing bold, unique moves of just connecting with people on social media, putting it out there and just being okay with, I'm not sure where my feet will land. Like I figuratively have jumped out of a plane but I'm floating in this space of openness to learning and growing and connecting. 
Awesome. That's beautiful. And while you are in this space of learning and connecting, can you tell us a little bit more about what you you who who are you and what is it that you do? I am Tina B and I grew up on a farm and I was that kid that used my front porch as a proscenium stage. So I would do little tape recordings and create little radio programs with my siblings and performances. I would write scripts and perform them for my parents and friends. And so this grew into this love of stories and the written work of, of all kinds of ways to entertain, but also connect people. And so I did speech and community theater throughout high school, college, and into my adult life. And so at the core, I'm an educator. So my background is teaching high school speech, English, and theater for almost six years. Then I got my advanced degrees in communication studies, advanced professional writing, and taught at the collegiate level public speaking, organizational communication, and business communication for 10 years at Creighton University, but decided that I wanted to be closer at home. I was commuting at that time, and I went into nonprofit work and promoted the arts, oh. like visual arts and storytelling and things of that nature, and actually hosted multiple ag arts camps on the farm, teaching families, individuals, you know, where their food comes from using the arts, visual arts, like building clay pots and painting or storytelling. And I'd bring on some other guest artists. And then that evolved and I left nonprofit and went and decided, and this was in October of 2018, to do my own gig and do my own business. And, you know, I always say I jumped out of a plane figuratively and I was panicked a little bit. I had that fear of finances, fear of failure. And so I went to my local bank and said, I made a little business card that called myself a chief creative officer at the time. And the owner of the bank looked at me and I said, is there anything that I can do for you? Coaching, presenting, things of that nature. And he says, I'd like to hire you. So oh. I ixnayed working for myself in 2018, but for two years, I became the chief creative officer of a local community bank and basically was the storyteller for the bank and the community and the of Malvern and got to do community development with businesses and do outreach and education for youth and the and the county and from there it took an international pandemic to sit with myself to not get to do those things about 85% of my work was just wiped out like so many other people mm. and it was my side gigs which were you know working with various nonprofits and for profits doing workshops coaching individuals to tell their story or give a good TEDx or keynote that i realized this is what I'm called to do. And my right. husband kind of gave me that boost. And he says, you've been wanting to do this for over 10 years. Now is the time. It's now or never. So I finally did it. And I'm not looking back. I'm moving forward. And it's really an exciting time because for the first time in my life, I'm not sure where my feet will land, but I know that they will. And I know that I am called to help people communicate effectively and make me messages that matter authentically. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. Like you got me hooked from the moment that I was like, oh, she lives in a farm. I'm a city girl, like Mexico, huh? London, Kuala Lumpur. So I'm like big city girl. And I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> like she grew up in a city. farm. When I travel, I mean, I, I love going and exploring cities and different cultures and countries. And so, yeah, our farm, I mean, during a pandemic, we had it great. I mean, we have goats 
So yeah. goat therapy is a real thing. It's amazing to go pet and talk to a goat when, when you're, you know, shelter in place. It, we have free range chickens. We just got baby ducks. We have cows. We're, we're calving now. So we're going to have lots of baby goats and calves here pretty soon and a dog and a cat. And then my 11 year old, he's like, mom, this is paradise because we have the West Nishnabotna river with a big sandbar two ponds, lots of nature, tons of trees. And this farm is of uh, over 152 years old. So my son is the sixth generation to live here. We live in an old, big, white Victorian house that used to house two families. And it came on a train in pieces. And uh, the last four miles came on a little buggy. Uh, and so it's it's really, it's the main character of the farm is the house. It's the original structure, one of two on the farm. Oh, that sounds like magical it, it is really, i kind of yeah. consider myself the queen of the castle no <laughs> but i do i do rooftop chats on the top of the roof because i can see the glow of omaha which is about 40 miles away omaha nebraska and i love to talk about people places and possibilities on this beautiful rooftop at various times of day whether it's the sun peeking up it's midday or it's towards night and and you just Getting to see the stars, that is a magical thing. I know a lot of folks don't get that opportunity. And I, I try to really appreciate and have and express that gratitude of the nature that I'm able to have uh, in my backyard. Yes. Like, as you describe it, I just like go into that world and I'm like, yeah, that could be so awesome. I know. And my goal ultimately is to host retreats here and to use yes. goats to teach communication, to teach confidence, to teach all these things because goats and animals in general really help you tap into what are you scared of? What are you fearful of? Can you let the other person have control or in this case, the animal come to you and actually co-create communication instead of that, instead of that sell, tell, yell mentality, which a lot of people, particularly, I think now everybody's busting out in social media. We're excited to connect with each other, but a lot of it is sell, tell, yell. Like, here's what I'm doing. Buy my, my product, buy my service, this, this, this. But what I want to do is to bring on women, professional women, professional groups to come here to get to know themselves better. So self-awareness, Plato said, know thyself. So it's being yes. self-aware And to me, self-awareness grows into emotional intelligence, which grows into conversational intelligence, which then becomes communication and cognitive intelligence. Oh, that is so beautiful. What do you mean with conversational intelligence? It's the first time that I hear that term. Yeah. So we know emotional intelligence, right? It's, it's this concept of knowing and understanding a situation, how to react to it in an appropriate way. Well, how do you talk about it in an appropriate way? That's the conversational intelligence is how do you show up into a certain professional setting in, in, in an appropriate manner as yourself, but also tuning into the energy around you and having that intuition. So when I walk into a space, I can immediately feel the energy and it's choosing to listen, not only with my ears, but with my eyes. And so it's nonverbal cues and things of that nature. So conversational intelligence is really having those thoughtful, meaningful sending and receiving of messages and acknowledging that it's not all about you, that in fact, it's about the audience, particularly when you're presenting to a group. If the, I believe that all communication is persuasive. Your audience can choose to tune you out or they can choose to listen to you. And so if you give a speech and nobody's really listening to you, 
guess what? Did it ever really happen? <laughs> so that's where when you are engaged in conversational intelligence, it's a back and forth, beautiful dance where you are creating it together. It's a co-creation. It's about each other, not just about me, 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 and what can I get in my agenda and my intention, but it's about the us. And when organizations can shift from I to we, it becomes a beautiful, magical team environment and a lot more productive. Yeah, I would love to expand on that because you touched like something very powerful, but it's like when you get into a room and now in my mind, I'm picturing the, the life pre pre uh, pandemic where you went into in the corporate world, you go into a meeting room and sometimes you just feel the energy. You were in a good mood and then you're like, oh, <laughs> you kind of like. <laughs> feel the energy and you have to adapt but at the same time you feel like you're not being you and it's a very interesting uh dynamic that I it's happened to me before but uh with the women that I mentor it's happened to them be, as well and it's not only when you go into an office and see everybody in the room But also I've noticed it happens when you go into a Zoom meeting and there is like seven people, many times, like many, many women, like we work in male dominated environments. So it's like, sometimes you're like the only woman in the room and uh, it feels different. It's yes. very interesting because it, you feel, you feel the difference. It's difficult to explain how it feels, but it, you right. can. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying because I do feel like a lot of my women clients say that they feel in so many words being shushed as far as they're very wicked, smart, super smart, have these great ideas. If they ask for clarification, they're made to feel small. And then you shift out of your authentic self into this conditioned self. Well, then I should be quiet and not say anything because this individual is making me feel small. And maybe I am small and my voice and my idea is not worth listening to. I like to think we're on a spectrum um, with our vocal delivery and our physical delivery of a, a one to a 10. And I'm definitely, I mean, I worked at Walt Disney World as a cast member coordinating parades and I am a Disney animated person. So I'm a big 10 when it comes to big gesticulations, big facial expressions, big energy, louder voice. I project it. My husband, who's very deliberative, very calm, he's more of a one or a two. Both are powerful, but I am well aware, like walking into that space, I worked for a financial institution. Now, now mind you, the, the universe has a great sense of humor. A theater person working at a financial bank. You know, it's, it's pretty funny. But I got to have some fun doing puppeteering and teaching kids financial literacy using puppetry and storytelling, things of that nature and doing advertisements. And what I found is it's a softer version of self. I'm doing it for them. So if it's a, it's a reframe of our brain, retrain your brain to say, well, I'm not, instead of saying, I'm not being myself, this isn't fair. I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. Change it to, I want to connect with this person. And in order to connect with this person, I need to co-create communication. And how I do that is to read what they're giving me. And when I read what they're giving me, then I can then feel it and create it and connect. And so what I do, I'm a hugger. Pandemic's been hard for me. But what yeah. I'm well aware of is stepping back and recognizing I don't really have a bubble. That's my theater training. But a lot of people have bubbles. 
And it's not, it's a disrespect thing for me to just dive in and start hugging people, greeting them, even, and I'm hugging you right now. I know I can feel it. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. And so it's, it's really modifying and adaptive, being adaptable with your communication. It's not changing who you are. What it is, is it's saying, I'm going to do a softer version of myself to be able to connect with this person because it's going to make them feel more comfortable. That is the best answer I've had in all of my career because mm. like I've struggled with that many times. Like, like now I don't because like, I think I've just like pushed for it, but many times, like I'm a Mexican bubbly woman, which <laughs> I, I love. I can feel it. <laughs> Thank you. And I used to work in a British bank with many men style wise. Oh, it's just different. <laughs> But it affected me. And many times Absolutely. I was like very self-conscious about that. And I was younger. So it's it it was like, and, and my mentors would tell me like, yeah, but it's like being different makes you unique. And that's how I saw it many times. But at the same time, I wasn't able to understand what you just said in like so beautifully. It's like, I continue to be me, but all I'm doing is I want to connect better with the other person so that then the other person can feel more comfortable. And that is like so aligned with who I am because yes. it's all about connection and creating a great environment rather than competition and who's the loudest. Right. Well, exactly. And what I have found in terms of my work and whether it's presenting to a huge keynote or a workshop or one-on-one -on -one coaching is that first at the foundation, it's caring for other people. Show that you care. Then from there, how can I help you? And then from there, it's building and establishing that trust. And that will enhance your credibility as a whole. So if you, as that communicator, show that you care, that you want to help, and that you are willing, you know, your trust will expand with that individual or group of individuals. That is beautiful. Thank you. Um, and you touched on this concept of women being shushed. Like, yes. That I think it happens in a subconscious manner. Yes. And it happens in family dynamics. It happens in social environments and it happens at work and at business. Um, how do we break free of that? Right. So we all as individuals are beautiful souls. We're goddesses within our own right. And I have found that, you know, in my work, and I've been there too, of, of communicating and being in the headspace of my conditioned self. And when I say conditioned self, what I mean by that is, you know, thinking small, feeling um, negative about my self persona of worrying about the judgments of other people, you know, all those things that just don't feel good. They don't feel right. And so when we get into a space, whether professionally or personally with friends and family, it's, it's, um, it's easy to get into that conditioned self where we read into what people say or don't say. And we start to craft the stories in our head that maybe have little to no truth. Yeah. So when I find myself and I can empathize with you working in a financial institution or working in nonprofit, or I, I've done lots of presentations, even, even for 
corporate where it's male dominated and it's, it's literally showing that you still care for that person, that you still are helping. And because women naturally for, for our genders is we're sponges. We take in information, we take it in. We're really wanting to be good listeners, wanting to be skilled. And we have all those skill sets and it can intimidate the other person. You know, a strong woman with strong thoughts and strong feelings and and energy. And I, you know, I've told my son this because I've been really teaching him since March 16th of 2020. He's been at home learning uh, with my mother-in-law's support and my husband and myself. But I, he's a soft soul, a huge tender heart and emotional, mm. just like his mama. And we wear our hearts on our sleeves. And I said, honey, your heart's going to be broken frequently, whether from a person that you want to get into a romantic relationship with or in a career or in sports or music or whatever, you're going yeah. to have people say not nice things or do not nice things. And well, it still happens, unfortunately, in adulthood, but it's our reaction to it, right? It's reframing it. It's, it's saying, you know, that's their stuff. And people are interesting. They're here for our entertainment. And if we can understand and find that, you know what, that is a soul that just needs compassion. And if we focus in on, you know, letting them be themselves wherever they are in that moment, because they, they could have had a broken childhood. We don't know their full story. They could have had an abusive relationship. We don't know that story. They could have had a really harsh boss that made them feel small. So they're going to do the same to their employees because that's all they know. We yeah. don't know that story. And because we don't know that story, we have to just have the intention and the heart and say, I give you the heads, the space to talk. I give you my ears and I give you myself and I will be me and I will, I will let you in and in terms of what's comfortable for you and just acknowledge that it's them and it's not personally you and what they are feeling and what they have experienced is what they're putting out and projecting into the universe. And you happen to be in that bubble and in that universe at that time. Wow. I'm like, that is, that is the secret is then compassion. It is at the core. We are human. What we have that is different than animals is not only how we want to achieve our goals. It, it, we, we do it differently based on how we use words and how we use tools, which is temperament, but it's compassion. And animals, I will say though, you see, we have baby goats. We're going to get babies here in the next week or two, which is very exciting. And what's interesting is how mama goats, some are very, very good and they get it. And they absolutely cry when they're separated from their little ones. Hmm. We've had some mamas that were too young, too immature, or just didn't have the DNA to quite understand motherhood. And so by and large, if we can be compassionate and we can acknowledge that we are, we beat to our own drummer. We're not just like everybody else. We have different ways in which we use words and different ways in which we use tools to achieve our goal, then we will begin to understand each other. And when we understand each other, then we will start to accept, maybe I feel things more deeply than you do. And it's the same circumstance, but I accept that you feel differently, even though it's the same circumstance. So it's understanding each other and having that compassion. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I'm glad that you said that because sometimes like the word, I don't know, concepts like self-love or compassion, it's just a word. Mm -hmm. That it's sometimes it's not that easy to understand what it means, 
But what you said, it's so beautiful because what it means is ability to understand each other better. In summary. Period. Yeah. I mean, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto you, I really think needs to be reworded is do unto others as you think the other would like done unto them. So with words, oh, with verbals. Yeah. Because what I want is a hug. What somebody else wants may not be a hug. I mean, I think back to when I first met my in-laws who are now my in-laws and that very first encounter, my husband was entered, you know, we were, it was the first time I'm meeting them and I'm a hugger. So when I said goodbye, I just went in for it. And I gave him this big hug. I was like, I'm so glad we had this conversation. So excited to meet you. And they stood kind of like, Oh, okay. And thinking (laughs) back to that, I mean, they've now become huggers because of me. So I, I wear that as a lovely, uh, Yes, because I, I, I love how, you know, you have to have your 15 hugs a day. So my son and husband during the pandemic have received a lot of hugs. So, but I, in that moment, and I reflect back to it, I think, wow, I should have tuned in and been more about what's comfortable for them. It was a first encounter or first meeting. And so maybe a firm, lovely handshake would have been great uh, and, and more appropriate. So, and granted, that was almost you know 20 years ago that that happened. And I've learned a lot since then that my enthusiasm, I mean, I've had my son and I wrote I am poems and it made me realize that yes, I am kind. Yes, I'm enthusiastic and yes, I'm creative. And sometimes the enthusiasm would trump everything else in terms of, yes, here I am. I'm ready to talk and connect and da da da. But that could be off-putting to people. So it's really walking in intuitively into the space, whatever it may be, and just taking it in as it comes. And being that person that, you know, years ago, I actually lost my voice and it taught me the importance and power of listening, that I opened my mouth to speak as a high school speech teacher. And irony can be pretty ironic sometimes. And I couldn't say a word. And so I had to have a student go to a principal. And for a full year, I went through extensive speech therapy to retrain my voice. It was vocal cord nodules, very extensive, like Julie Andrews, and even saw a surgeon. And I had this decision to make whether to have a surgery. And he said, it's high risk. Either your voice will be deeper or it may not work. And you may just not be able to talk very well. Or you could do six weeks of silence without laughing because laughing actually is really hard on your vocal cords. And I'm a laugher. I mean, big laughs, right? So I chose the six weeks of silence and it was probably the hardest time, but at the same time, the most enlightening time because I had people call me knowing I couldn't talk just to share their thoughts and feelings and to have a listening ear. And I trained myself. This is how at the core we are going to be better people is listening really listening. And it changed me. Wow. That is so deep. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because I think about it and I feel, you know, it's sort of like the musician getting their instrument taken away and they never get it back. Right. I'm a speaker and a teacher and not having my voice was just, wow, that's my main instrument. That's how I connect with people. That's how I teach people and help people. What if it's gone forever? Or if I sound not like myself, And it's a weird voice and it's not, it's quirky. I didn't realize how much I put that identification of how I sounded and what I did with my voice. It was a little ego. And so I had to soften that and recognize that, okay, you were such an enthusiastic communicator that sometimes you dominated the conversation. So now it's stepping back and allowing the other 
to say what they are thinking, to say what they're feeling and ask those thoughtful questions and listen to the answer, not be in your head and say, okay, I've got another cool thing to say. (laughs) We're very guilty of that uh, because we want to, it's ego, right? We want to sound funny. We want to sound smart. We want to move the conversation forward. We're bored, whatever that motive is. I've really retrained my head and my heart to really be all of heart when it comes to communication. Amazing. And then if I link this back to what you said at the beginning about basically living in a farm and being connected with nature and you wanting to do retreats so that then people can learn from goats how we communicate. How do we put this all together? How how do we learn from goats how to understand each other better, how to be more compassionate, how to be more present to the energy in the room and how to listen to each other. Right. Well, goats are really, really smart animals. They will get through any kind of fence and they eat all noxious weeds. I mean, they are wonderful grazers. They eat the best stuff first and they are just wicked smart. <laughs> the The thing that is interesting is during the pandemic, I realized I, I, how much I needed them to love me because I was feeling lost. I was feeling overwhelmed and I was throwing myself at them. And that was too much. I was getting, I was, it was almost like I was come to me, come to me, come to me. And it was in desperation. And I think we do that now. This is an exaggerated way of explaining it, but I think we do that from a professional standpoint of buy what I have to give, you know, buy my idea. I, I've got something to say. We try to push, push, push. And it's unnatural. It's not organic. And so what I think goats really have taught me over the course of time is to, first of all, be fully present. And they are fully present. They tune into the weather. They tune into the grass and they go where they need to go and they feed themselves when they need to feed themselves to refuel They connect with each other. They also have hierarchy, just like uh, we see in business all the time. And it's interesting to just observe. So I just actually spend time watching goat behavior in terms of how they behave. There's, There's usually a goat that's sort of the monarch, so to speak, and the way they jump up and kick, it's like, hey, I'm eating this or hey, get out of my way or I'm protecting my my child or whatever. And it's really interesting to watch. They also tune in very much to nonverbal cues and energy. They really do. Now what's really cool is I stand and they come to me and it feels beautiful. So just a couple nights ago when that full, beautiful pink moon was out, my son and I were putting our chickens back in the coop after they free range all day and they're happy as clams, ready to go in and go to bed. But we decided to go spend some time with the goats. They were all sitting, chilled out, dopey ready to go to sleep. The moon was just glowing on this beautiful pasture of where they are. And they slowly got up and then just nuzzled us. And it was this magical moment. We just stood and they came to us. So I I guess in in terms of retreats that I would love is how can you let the other come to you with their mind, with their ideas, with their heart and using the understanding of temperament, which I teach of understanding, knowing thyself, then you can know your client, know your team, because not everybody communicates sequentially. Some are more random, 
Not everybody's cooperative. Some are utilitarian. Not everybody's direct. Some are much more informative. However, that behavior, some are extroverted and get energy from people. Others are introverted, right? But then also building from that into the world of improvisation and understanding the fully being fully present, that you need a yes attitude and that you get in the moment and you're at peace with the moment and you allow it to evolve and you make your partner look good. That's what I think we're missing sometimes in business is when you have a team who gets the credit, does it even matter, right? Make your team look good. And that's what I, when I've done training and performances on stage, it's not about me. It's about the other. I want that individual to look awesome and perform her best or his best. And if we take those core concepts of improvisation, of understanding temperament and building on that, the concept of mindset of where are we in our mind, you know, because thinking is movement, whatever you think moves you forward, moves you behind, moves you to the side and, and puts out that energy. So the space here, the screen space at Maple Edge Farm provides, I think, nature, which we all need and are desperate for, but it also provides heart. And if people were to create from heart, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, but especially with communication, I think that we would, what a beautiful strategy, right? It, It would bring us all better together, more effective, more activated, you know, and more strategic and, and tap into that beautiful creativity of yes, anding each other. Yeah, definitely. Like we all need a little bit more of that. We, we need a, we need a lot more of yes anding. You know, I actually facilitated a workshop not terribly long ago for the YMCA and, and it was a funny, fun thing where they actually were to create an imaginary product in small groups. And the only rule was they had to yes and, and that meant if somebody came up with a crazy idea, they couldn't say nope, because they had to say, okay, let's play with this idea. What can we take from that? And what was really cool is the debrief after that activity was this there was momentum for the first time. They thought we were going like up, up, up with the energy feeling good with the positivity with potential. And I think that that's what we all need, whether you work for yourself, whether you work in a team for an organization is allowing the yes and mentality to have openness to creative ideas, even if they're lofty and different, like way out there. Think of Apple as a company, Steve jobs, had some crazy ideas, but he knew what he wanted. It was very focused on a beautiful product that's easy to use. And it took a lot of crazy testing and trial and error, but creativity. And I think it's using our imagination and playing with ideas and and playing with others and making them look good that's going to lead to better connections. And so, and ultimately that's, that's why I think goats are a beautiful thing is that they, by observing them, interacting with them, I feel like it's not far off from human beings. Yeah, I absolutely loved what you said in the past minute and a half, because like my brain couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like you are describing the utopia of what all of the organizations want from an innovation perspective. And what you're saying, it's basically, why don't we yes. play with each other? Why don't we say, yes, you come up with an idea and I build on that idea always. Like we play, we play to create more ideas. And then instead of 
fighting each other and see who's going to get the credit, we go back to being kids again, in a way, like that essence, just like animals. Like we understand each other, we listen to each other, we're in the same team, and we build like what that's the only rule of the game. We build upon each other's ideas and we say and 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 that's how we get to innovative collaboration. We don't exactly. need fancy and frameworks. I think that that's, that's, yeah, it, that's how it works. It's collaboration, collaboration. And I love what Tina Fey, who's a, a, a writer, performer, improviser, says there's, there's no such thing as, as failure, just opportunities, you know, or mistakes. No such thing as mistakes, but opportunities. And I think it's, it's building from those and, and thinking about, you know, art. My son does a lot of painting and things like that. And sometimes he gets frustrated. He's like, oh, I didn't want it to turn out like that. But then you go into the world of Bob Ross, uh, uh, the late painter. Oh, it's just that's a happy little mistake or a happy little tree. And he would just e emit that beautiful energy. And I think that it's just a lot of business, unfortunately, is ego driven and it's all about the money. And yes, we do need money to a degree to live, obviously. But I think if we can layer, I mean, think about how cathedrals are built or buildings, one brick at a time, layering, right? And and so they have to, yes, and one layer at a time. It doesn't happen in one day. It happens over a course of time. And so you can rebuild the company culture. You can rebuild your team culture. You can rebuild if you are willing to lean in to uncertainty. And I think the pandemic was like an eye opener. I'm a planner. I am a person that likes to, you know, visualize, you know, visualize what's next, that futuristic perspective. But it helped me say, well, this is going to be okay. I'm going to play with this and leave my calendar a little bit open with some wiggle room to breathe. And I think that that's been a huge life lesson for me as a professional, but also as a parent, as a friend, as a daughter, how I deal with time, how I cope with self and how I initiate work and play. I love that. Time to breathe. Because we I have that under like control, right? We have our breath is in control. And I realized this, you know, as a public speaker, what do we have in our control? Well, we have preparation in our control. We can prepare for the thing. We have practice in our control. We can practice the thing. But the most powerful thing we have in our control is our breath, our pause is pause. And the more we take in the pause, the better we feel, the more we're able to cope, the more like if you're starting to feel that you're getting shushed, if you start to feel you're getting that insecurity, that conditioned self sneaking in, and you're like, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know that I can do this. I don't know if I can communicate. Pause. Stop the monkey mind. Breathe reboot because you are meant to be there. You do have a voice. You do have something to contribute and allow that to come through. So the pause will get you there. Yeah, that's beautiful because if we don't pause, the monkey brain keeps running the show in a hyperactive way on lice, basically. <laughs> right. It does. I mean, because it's that movement, right? We start to think something and the crazy becomes the movement that we do in the action. And then you, your, your reaction, it, it just becomes crazy. It's sort of like if you in the morning 
if you or spill your cup of tea on yourself, then you trip on something and then you get stuck in traffic. It's all these things that catapult because of the energy that you're putting out there. And so it's, it's attracting, you know, like minds, like heart attracts likeness. And so you want to attract the right people, attract the right energy, because, you know, I, I noticed this right when I, my kiddo was born, he could tune into my nervousness. And so I really had to call, I mean, babies are super smart. They feel it right away. He could tune in when a person who would go to hold him was nervous and would cry and then they would get more nervous and it would be this back and forth. So tune into the energy that you're giving. That's what you do have control over. And the pause will, will get you there. I, it's like, I've noticed I've said this so many times, but I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Love it, my dear. (laughs) Because it's about tuning in into the energy that I am putting out there. Absolutely. Yeah, because like you mentioned at least twice, this concept of you said like, like, I'm with the goats and now I can stand. And then they, I attract them, basically. And you used a similar phrase in, in, in another part of the conversation where it was kind of a, we want to be able to attract the the opportunities the it's like being charismatic i don't i don't have the exact word of what is it but it's it's that power of just letting it being be. yeah let it be and be connected with the pause right and be connected with state of being which is your presence and so yesterday was kind of one of those off it was a gray day and sometimes that can affect and influence our feelings, our behaviors, and we can get into our headspace, especially women who work for yourselves. It's it's easy to say, oh, I'm noticing the, the, the not, what is not happening, what is not. Mm. And I called a friend, she and I kind of, we support each other touch base once a week. And she goes, but Tina, think of all the things you have done, like in the 30, in the 90 days. I mean, I started this company January 2nd of 2021. And what's wild is my first 90 days was just a goal to connect with people and kind of share out there like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Connect with my network and get maybe two clients. Well, I blew that out of the water because I was not in fear factor mode. Yesterday, a little bit of conditioned self and a little bit of fear came in because I, I so badly love the teaching part. I love the developing part. And I'm like, I can't wait to bring people on the farm. But what I realized is be okay that you don't know when or how it's going to happen. Be okay with that. It's going to happen. I know this. I know I'm going to bring people internationally and nationally to our farm to connect with each other, to learn and grow with each other in a very beautiful way because this farm is meant to share. Now, I have a magnolia tree right now that sits outside my bedroom or my office window, and it's a beautiful tree that's been here for over 50 years. And the reason why I mentioned this tree, it's very significant, is that we lost a daughter in 2009. And the thing that was powerful about this tree is the energy that it revealed after we lost her. It is now reblossoming five times a year. And what that gives to me is this meaning of beautiful energy and the energy of the space and the energy that it brings out. Like if I have a day where I, I just walk out and it's like, oh, 
I need a sign. And I'll just look at that tree and three or four blossoms have popped out like in October, which is unheard of in Iowa. It's fall. Leaves are starting to change colors. Some are even falling off. But my point is, is this, that it's the energy. Energy is in everything. You can decide the moment you put place your feet off your bed onto the floor, what kind of day you're going to have. Like you said at the very beginning, which I loved, is what are you celebrating today? Like I do a gratitude journal, but I'm going to start asking my son and husband at breakfast, like, what are we celebrating today? Because it sets the tone, just like making your bed sets the tone of I did something successful Tuning into celebrations, bring on more celebrations. And organically, what I noted is, or have noticed, is organically people are starting to reach out to me. Hey, do you want to come to our school and teach communication with improv? Yes, that'd be awesome. So I, yes, and. So it's putting it out there, the celebrations, the energy, because energy is in everything. It's in you, it's in the space. And I want to share that with people. Yes, definitely. It's it's a new and I'm like it's a new thing to you know like how pe it's now mainstream that people do the gratitude journal and it's my gratitude mm -hmm. list. It could be awesome if in a few years' time then it's like just like you do your gratitude list, you do your celebration list because they I are different. If they are similar, but they are different, it's different energy. It's what it is. I, I totally agree. And that's why it has to be separate. And I mean, to me, celebration is like, woo. Yes. 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 Gratitude is oh, peaceful. Yes. And both are beautiful and you need both in your life. But I think it's kick off the day with a celebration in the day with a gratitude. Oh my goodness. You just helped me get to that headspace and heart space. Oh, Start beautiful. the day with celebration in the day with gratitude. Yeah. And it could be like, As we talk about it, it could be even the same thing. You know, like, I am grateful for my beautiful family. And I am celebrating that I have an amazing family. <laughs> yes, and you know how I'm celebrating that? I'm going to make some amazing dinner with some awesome homemade tortillas. And we do homemade tortillas here. Oh, and nice. we actually do. We do soft shell homemade tortillas. Oh, cool. <laughs> which is awesome. And we do our own veggies and things like that. And so we celebrate and, and I think it's tapping into those celebrations that then you put it out there and more celebrations come. And I don't yeah. know if you listen to Abraham Hicks, but she yeah. has a lot of awesome, you know, I listen to her in the morning when I work out as well as TEDx talks. That's the kind of speech geek that I am, but I appreciate what she has to say is we have to not resist. We have to, you know, allow And no, and yes. celebration is the knowing and it's enjoying the knowing. Yeah, I think it's about that. It's like celebration is enjoying. We are and allowing ourselves to enjoy, right? Because sometimes I think when we say celebration, maybe people go into the ego space of, well, uh, should I really celebrate that I, I'm making six figures? because that's ego, but really you should celebrate that because, Hey, you are helping so many people. It's for them. And how exciting that you're getting to make this beautiful impact in the world. Or should I be celebrating that I'm getting to travel and I can afford really awesome travel? Yes, you should, because then you can connect with other cool cultures and people and experiences to bring back, to share with people. And so I think it's letting go of 
the ego part of it, but allowing ourselves enjoyment and to recognize it first, but then express it. Yes. And then if we go like another, like a deeper level, not only celebrating the wins that what that we've been talking about, but it's like, what if I celebrate the end of a relationship? Mm -hmm. What if I said, it's like, yeah, it was a beautiful relationship and it ended and I'm celebrating that it ended because it's like good for both of us, even though it can be extremely painful. But at the same time, we are celebrating the possibility of what's coming out of that experience. Yes, you absolutely should be able to celebrate endings. I love that. I think that's a great reminder of, you know, yes, it can be painful because we as human beings go into that moment and, and well, what is it going to be like that this person's not in my life anymore? But think about the possibilities of what's going to be open in your life because you've decided to move forward. It's not moving yeah. on, it's moving forward. And taking that step, right, of, of moving forward and celebrating. I love celebrating the closure of something is just as worthwhile and meaningful as celebrating something new. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll call this episode, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know. It, well, but, you know it, it, but, but, but what a great expression. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful expression because we're selling, it's like you're celebrating what I just said, which is great. It makes me feel good. It feels good. We're giving back and forth. It's beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's super beautiful. Just like one, one question, like you've been talking about a uh, temperament. Yes. What exactly do you mean with temperament? Yeah. Temperament. It is. So our personality is made up of our character and our temperament. So temperament is defined as those natural inclinations of you're born to react and do a certain way. So it's your hardwired to do this. It's your hardware, your nature. The character that you have is nurture. It's nurtured by the environment in which you live, the people that you surround yourself with. So for example, if I were to take an acorn, plant it here in Southwest Iowa, in fertile soil, fertilize it, water it, it gets the sunshine. What does it grow up into? A beautiful oak tree. So its temperament is that acorn of what is inside of it, its DNA to be an oak tree. The character piece is the environment around it. Now, if I took that same oak tree and went to the really rocky mountains of Colorado, it would still be an oak tree, but the environment or character would de be different. So it wouldn't be yeah. the best oak tree it could be. So think of that in human terms where we are born a certain way, 50 to 60% of who we are is our DNA. So there's actual research of uh, identical twins that when you separate them, that they still have similar idiosyncrasies. And that's because of the DNA temperament. So a fox has a natural inclination to invade a chicken coop. Believe me, we've had that happen and it's not beautiful. Our poor hens, but <laughs> a beaver has the natural inclination to build a dam. You would never see a beaver in a chicken coop and you would never see a fox trying to build a dam. It just is not in their in temperament or natural inclinations. And so 
I'm certified in David Kiersey's work of Kiersey's temperament theory. And that is there are four core temperaments and you have this core value that affects and influences your decision-making, how you connect with people. So it's how you work, communicate and lead and how you use tools to achieve your goals or your words in a certain fashion or way that are natural and easy for you. So we have the artisan who has the core value of making an impact and being free to do what they want to do. We have the guardian who wants that sense of belonging and responsibility, the idealist who really believes in unique identity and wants to work towards that. And then the rational, which is the individual that really taps into knowledge and competence. And all four have strengths and all four have differences. All four types are important to have at the table for conversations, for problem solving, because they contribute different leadership styles, different work. Because for me, I'm a lot more diplomatic and I love to mediate and connect people and make sure that we're all listening to each other and that everybody has a voice. That's my strength. My next strength is strategic. My last um, is tactical. I'm just not as natural of bettering myself, the better moves from one one way to the other and, and not caring what other people think or working with an object to make it, you know, just this morning, my old door couldn't open. So I had to get my father-in-law to shimmy it open. He's the artisan that can do it and figures it out. And so it's being aware of that and aware of self so that you can see and acknowledge how then you can be aware of the strengths of other people and tap into that and connect with that and acknowledge it. So if you're a leader leading people, it's really allowing your different people to tap into and use their their actual strengths and acknowledging that. That's beautiful because then that comes back to the beginning, kind of like in full circle, that it's like, if I know myself, I know my archetype, my natural tendencies, then I know how to use that to my favor such that I can bring others up and make them feel comfortable and I can connect better with them. And then as a whole, as a unit, whether that's a family, friends, project, work, whatever it is, then we work in a more harmonious way because if you are comfortable, then I'm comfortable then there's no fighting. It's uh, more of a, yeah, we're in harmony. Well, yeah. And I would love if we have a moment just to read a, a couple sentences here from Kiersey's book of Please yes. Understand Me Too. And it's called Beat to Your Own Drummer. And I think it's spot on. It says, if you do not want what I want, please try not to tell me that my want is wrong. Or if my beliefs are different from yours, at least pause before you set out to correct them. Or if my emotion seems less or more intense than yours, given the same circumstances, try not to ask me to feel other than I do. Or if I act or fail to act in the manner of your design for action, please let me be. I do not for the moment at least ask you to understand me. That will come only when you are willing to give up trying to change me into a copy of you. And that's at the core is if you can be aware that what is natural to you may not be natural to the other, and that's okay. That makes for a much better connection. Yes. And that's what the world needs right now. Absolutely. It's different. I mean, we have sameness. Definitely you want to get common ground in terms of conversation to establish that and build trust. But if we can accept 
that my thinking or the way I want to do it maybe isn't best, or maybe we can alter that a little bit and be flexible and adaptable. I think then you're right. The, the world needs that. Organizations need that. Even families and, and yes. being able to better understand. I mean, I think about Thanksgiving dinner is much better now that I understand temperament because I know everybody has a different feeling for why they show up. Some want to have that traditional, you know, we have to have grandma's roles some people have to have the best wine to make the greatest impact. You know, some people, uh, for my part, I like the feeling of it. And let's talk about what we're grateful for around the table. And then you have the rational that just tell me what time to show up and what time I can leave because I want to get back to reading my book and have that independence. You know, so everybody has a different uh, way about things. And to me, we are, you know, the older you get, the more like yourself you become. And so if you're aware of that, you become more so. And I think the pandemic brought in more so. If you're kind, you're going to be more so. If you're an angry person, you're going to be more so. It's a hyperbole a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so it's being the teacher that I need, that my client needs me to be, being the teacher my team needs me to be, being the leader my group needs me to be. Rather than the one that I want to be, And I want them to adapt to me. Exactly. Yeah. If all of us did that, <laughs> then we would live in utopia. <laughs> it would be a beautiful, like you mentioned before, it would be a beautiful utopia. Yeah. I do think that there is a lot of shift happening in the universe right now that people are craving that. that. And so maybe there's more openness to that idea because of that craving, because of having seclusion from people, having seclusion from what they are used to, to say, okay, let's pivot a little bit and try something new and different. And that's the beauty of the pandemic. Yes. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your age, your color, your race, your status, what you do. Like we were all affected. And that's where we are all showing the human side. Yes. And the humanness of us, if we can just get through, you know, doing things for others, you know, and, and caring for the other and having that compassion for the other, because people need each other. That's why, I mean, that's the humanity of it all is we, you know, I remember going to Egypt years ago and I saw this big bucket of water with a ladle and a little cup sitting by different people's homes. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I asked our tour guide, what is that exactly? And he said, well, This culture is all about if you're thirsty, come by and have a drink. And I thought, wow, you know, here, here's a, po a poor town of people that they have very limited resources, but they are thinking about the other and saying, but maybe somebody's hot, been walking around and, you know, Egypt is not a cool place in terms of temperature and having that willingness to share what little they do have is beautiful. And that's what we need to do is share what we do have to help the other to build trust and to build connection and care. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up the conversation. Share what we do have Absolutely. with the other. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Share what we do have. And that allows to create connection, common ground instead of division. Exactly. And for my part, that's why I feel 
share as much as I can to help professionals communicate more effectively. You know, the strategy behind it to analyze with authenticity and to craft thoughtful content and then to perfect the performance. So whether your service, whatever your service is, share it, give it out, help for the other. Uh, You know, it could be a service or it could be a tangible product, uh, but helping each other and sharing with each other will make the the world a better place. Yes, it's like, I, I definitely believe so. Uh, Tina, it's been like a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, I've enjoyed getting to chat with you as well. The the, the time just flew. It's it's yes, what you I would know. call slow. We didn't even know. I mean, it didn't feel like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and we could keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, where can people find you? They can find me at tinabakehouse.com. That's Tina, T-I-N-A, Bakehouse, B as in boy, A-K-E, house. So bake is in baking cookies, houses in casa, H-O-U-S-E.com. I have a wonderful PDF of how to give your best self as a presenter that you can click on and get that and have other resources and insights. So tinabakehouse.com. I also am on LinkedIn. I have a really exciting new Facebook group. I'd love to have you join. And that is Up Level Your Speaker Style Network for Professional Women. That's Up Level Your Speaker Style Network for Professional Women. And my business page is Tina B LLC. And I do videos and informing like thoughts and ideas. And I have some cool just resources to help you out there. And I'm excited to, to be able to share the information. And coming up May 14th, I'm doing an improv, how to have those difficult conversations using compassion and clarity, a virtual noon to 2 p.m. Central Daylight Time. If you're interested, I'm collaborating with a New York storyteller, thera- mental health therapist, and improviser. So you can check, reach out to me at Tina B at tinabakehouse.com and email me. And I'd be glad to help you out in any way and have a discovery call and do a virtual connection. Amazing. Yes. I will definitely share that event as well because it's oh, like wonderful. It Thank powerful. You. Yes. Yes. yes because definitely. I mean, really it's, yeah, it's all about understanding. Yes. Anding the person. Yes. Anding yourself. Yes. Anding the situation. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful. So which, any other final remarks from your side? Be yourself. I love what my piano teacher said years ago. She said, don't be flat. Don't be sharp. Just be natural. And when you be natural, good things, good connections happen. So just be natural. Beautiful. Be natural. Awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure having you today. You gave us like so many golden nuggets. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Nina. Atina. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking with you. You're so beautiful inside and out. Thank you. Ladies, I hope you got tons out of this session. I did. Uh, you know where to connect with Tina. I'll add the details in the description, um, the social media posts, and in the description in the in the Spotify post. And as usual, I'll see you next week. Have a beautiful week ahead and remember to celebrate you. Bye.